Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ho, ho, holy shit. Welcome to the Christmas norovirus edition of Telling Everybody Everything. It has been a whirlwind, and I'm sorry the podcast is again a few days late, but it's the holidays. And you know what? My resolution, if we're making them early for 2022, um, number one, not to get caught up in the forthcoming. Number two is to do the podcast weekly, on time, every week. I am my own boss, and I am a terrible uh, employee. It has to be every week. I know that people like regularity. They like to know, oh, okay, it's coming out on Friday. It's coming out on Wednesday. I'm going to be better. I will be better. Be best, as Melania Trump famously said. I had a baby and I went on tour and then I got sick a few times and all hell broke loose. But guys, I'm back on it. 2022, you can expect the podcast fresh in your notifications every day. Not every day. Every day. Uh, Whatever day of the week is um, chosen on that day of the week at 9 a.m. So set your notifications, subscribe. You watch and see what this podcast does. You wait and see what kind of guests I'm going to drum up. I'm going to really throw my dick into it. Is that a thing? I'm going to step my pussy up is what I meant. Throw my dick into it. Jesus. I have loved seeing that so many of you received The Audacity, my debut memoir for Christmas, for Hanukkah, for Kwanzaa. It's probably discounted now. So if you have some time to kill, maybe you're isolating over the holidays or you're just staying in a relative's house or taking some time away from social media, maybe you want to download that. It's available as an audiobook on Audible or you can buy it from a shop. The most famous online retailer heavily discounts it, and I think they have it next day delivery. If you live in London anyway, I don't know. I assume that most of you don't. If you are late to the party and have yet to listen to my mom's podcast, it is called Jewels Says. Jewels like jewelry says, because she says a bunch of stuff on there, uh, harrowingly details how she met my stepdad. That was a real gruesome throwback for Bobby and me both. Uh, He was interviewed on that episode, and I remember he described meeting my mom or dating an older woman as exciting, and that sent chills down my spine. Otherwise, it's a really good podcast. It is available wherever you get your podcasts. What did you do for Christmas? Did you celebrate with family? Were you on your own? I know a lot of people have the cron, Omicron. Not really sure why it's a big deal when I think no one's died of it. I think maybe one person died of it in the latest article that I read. But then I read another article that said 14 people. Listen, one is too many always, yes. 
but it shocked me to the core that I did not die of norovirus this week. We returned from Dubai, more on that later, um, uh, the other day, and Violet really wanted to be home for Christmas. I would have just stayed. I was looking at the news in England. Boris was making all these different announcements, and I was like, Do you know what? I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to know what kind of hell he is going to descend the country into. After the holidays, don't send me back there. It's rainy. It's dreary. It's basically locked down without being locked down because everyone is just afraid of the Kron. And I just don't want to be part of it. But Violet really wanted to come back. So yes, we came back after six days in Dubai, which is just enough with, you know, traveling with a baby. Fred likes his routine and his things and his dogs and his home. And when we returned, I felt absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. And I feel like it's my commitment to truth and justice and my generosity as a person who is uh, an empath and thinks of others that God looked down on me and he said, Catherine, you will not shit yourself on this plane. I will get you home before unleashing the absolute plague that is norovirus. The writing was on the wall. Fred had a few nappies on the plane. Now I am potty training him. So at this stage of his life, that doesn't mean I put him on a potty or I get him in trouble if he goes in his nappy. The psychology of it is you just train them not to, well, you don't train, you don't get them used to going in a nappy. Do you know what I mean? So when we're at home, I can see by the look on his face if he needs to poo and I take his nappy off and therefore, he never gets used to pooing in a nappy. Do you know what I mean? So you just remove the step of the nappy. That's the easiest way to potty train babies. I have found Violet was potty trained at 10 months. More on that in the audacity if you want to read about it. Lots of people think I'm a liar, but I mean, guess who gives zero fucks about that? Moi. The smugness of having a potty trained baby. Mm, delicious. So on the plane, though, Fred kind of had some loose movements, we'll call them. And that's unusual for him. I just thought, well, that's weird. But it wasn't what I would describe as like, you know, dangerously loose. So I just thought, oh, well, you know, maybe uh, he's just traveling. He's stressed out. Who knows? Fine. That should have been a clue. Luckily, that is as far as Fred's bug, touch wood, got. He never threw up. He never really felt agitated or sick or anything. He just had a few nappies on the plane. Fine. We land. We check into the house, you know, get with the dogs, clean everything, start unloading the suitcases, put everyone to bed. The next day is going to be so exciting. We're going to decorate the tree for Christmas. I've got so much wrapping to do. The Ocado order has arrived. I've got all the shopping. The Gusto has arrived. We're going to make delicious food and just stay home because after you travel, you go abroad, you have to isolate for a few days to make sure that you don't have the cron. So fine. I wake up 1130 in the night. Yes, I go to bed well before 1130, guys. I'm in bed by eight. And I was so violently ill that I genuinely couldn't believe it. I, I felt like it was the worst hangover mixed with body ache, headache. I was throwing up in bins. I was throwing up in sinks. I was hopefully most of the time throwing up in the toilet, though, you know, sometimes the toilet was occupied. And it was just a bad scene, a bad scene. And I thought, oh, maybe I ate something on the plane because I normally don't eat on planes. This is my philosophy for travel. Don't eat anything on the flight. You won't get jet lagged. If you are going west, then you sleep. If you're going east, you try to stay awake and sleep when you get there. But I never eat. And this was, I had a chicken birani and I thought, you've done it, Catherine. I hadn't drunk anything. I had like a Bloody Mary at takeoff. That is it. And then 
God. I was so sick the next day that I was just crying, like shivering. And and I think I'm a very strong person with illness. I mean, I shoot babies out with no drugs, fine. But this pain was just oh, intolerable. And I was kind of shaking back and forth, just, just wanting my mom. And that lasted for three days. I still don't feel 100% today. I'm having flat ginger ale and an apple. Um, and the next day, Violet got it too. But she only had it for a few hours. She started in the night. And then she was kind of fine by the next night. But man alive. Whew. Norovirus. The real pandemic of my generation. It was bad. So guys, if you feel sick, I know that nausea is maybe a symptom of the vid and people are like, oh, that might be COVID. We've been taking PCRs before and after travel, lateral flows every day. It is not COVID. Plus, I already had COVID recently. So I think I'm in a period of recovery status. It is definitely norovirus. And I know that I am young and I don't have any other, you know, medical complications or whatever. It's different for every person. But if I had to rate the two, if I had to stack COVID and norovirus up against each other, I hate to say it, COVID was easier for me, much easier for me. Norovirus was hell. And I'm just so grateful that it was relatively fast and that Fred didn't get it. So that was good. We went to Dubai. All right. So I am not a person for warm weather, but my family, they love a little bit of a tan. Bobby and Violet, they are like cocoa butter brown in the sun and I think it lifts the mood it's very as I said dreary and dark and damp in England our garden is genuinely like a Glastonbury mud pit at this point we can't even let the dogs out there we make them we in the front garden it's hideous and I knew it would lift everyone's mood Bobby especially you know he likes to golf a little bit he likes to get the sun on his face it's a proven light therapy you know Fred Kutstra and I, we are alabaster white, porcelain skinned, little pink Irish gooseberries. So I knew that, you know, we'd have to find some shade. That would be fine. I agreed. Yes, let's take the whole family to Dubai. It will be an uplifting experience. We can come back for Christmas. It'll be cool. We fly there. Now, I was nervous to travel with a baby. If you've ever traveled with a baby, then, I mean, you know the stress that you're like, first of all, they need a million things. I pack so light, I never check a bag, and that way I'm never stuck in an airport waiting for a bag, but a baby needs a lot. So I had everything for Fred, meticulously organized. I got him on the flight, and I thought, oh, please just be cool on this flight, because I have been on tour with Fred already. I've been on a seven-hour plane journey, no, not plane journey, train journey from Edinburgh to London because it was delayed. That was hell. He was crying. Everyone hated us on that train, but the flight was different. The flight was fine. Fred had little naps on me. He's older now. He's six and a half months, so he kind of knows that he's part of the world. He a uh, part of your world. He knows that, you know, he could be chill. He understands what's going on most of the time. I sang to him a lot, read him books, had some toys out for him, walked him around very little, actually. Maybe it gets hard with little boys when they're toddlers and they want to be running up and down the aisles. I don't know. I mean, I've seen it. I've never allowed it, but I have seen it. But the uh, Fred, six months old, it was fine. And then you don't have to pay for a seat. It was lovely, actually. The flight, however, was slightly delayed. We were meant to land late at night, I think 1130 or something, which is odd to me because then you waste an entire day. You know, you check into the hotel. Why? Why did you pay for that day? I believe in time travel. You fly throughout the night. You land in the morning. Bob's your uncle. Oh, 
Did you know, and Ashley told me that I should mention this, I didn't even realize it was funny, that my husband Bobby has an uncle called Bob. And Bobby mentioned to me that his entire life, whenever anyone would say, Bob's your uncle, even as a child, he wondered, yeah, why are people saying to me about my uncle Bob? I know Bob's my uncle. What does that mean? He just thought that people in the world, strangers, uh, were just saying, Bob's your uncle. And he never questioned, like, what? why are you saying that about my uncle? What does it mean? But he thought it was explicitly about him and his uncle. Very funny. We land at three. We get into the hotel. And this is not... Look, I'm cursed with being very fancy. It wasn't always this way, but I like to stay at exclusive boutique hotels. I love the Four Seasons. Four Seasons me up all day. I do not have a brand partnership with the Four Seasons. They are my favorite hotel chain. Why? Because they're fancy, because they cater to children. Because you can't often get both. A lot of fancy places hate kids, but the Four Seasons are great. We did not stay at a Four Seasons. We stayed at a fine hotel. It was a really nice, family-friendly, award-winning, nice Dubai hotel. And Bobby chose it with Violet because they had water slides and they had fun things. And right now, with so much uncertainty and my mortgage, I just feel like it's really irresponsible to spend loads of money on a holiday. So I did, guys, something totally unthinkable, something totally disgusting. I was looking at Instagram and I was noticing how many little love islanders are doing hashtag gifted stay, hashtag spawn deals, all the made in Chelsea crew. They're going on these holidays. And when we went to the Maldives in 2019, we got 30% off that holiday because we agreed to do some sponsored posts while we were there. And I was a great ambassador for that hotel. I loved it. I thirsted on the gram day and night. I had a hot little body. I was posting lots of pics, pics in the pool, pics with the family, pics with different swimsuits, uh, videos, biking around the grounds of the hotel. I would have loved to go to the Maldives this time, but it was just a little bit too far with Fred. I reached out. I shouldn't have done it. I reached out into the DMs of this hotel and I said, hello, are you offering any influencer discounts at the moment? Immediately, I felt sick. It's probably how I caught norovirus in the first place. That's not a good look to reach out to a hotel in their Instagram DMs, no less. It's basically like sending a dick pic and being like, hey, interested in this? And you know what they wrote me back? Me? I have like nearly a million followers. They wrote me back, um, Catherine, hi. We have a winter sale on available to everyone. You can get 10% off by clicking this link. I was like, ooh denied. But you know what? First of all, I would have been a great influencer for a family Dubai hotel. I've chosen in all my Instagram posts not to tag the hotel because I'm like, well, I don't want it for free. I just want a little discount if I'm going to tag you. But I'm not going to tag you now. And I have yet to reveal what hotel I stayed at. And I'm not going to reveal it because you know what? I will never ask for an influencer deal again because this way I can give the true, honest, 
review of the hotel. I would feel badly if I took a discount to say like, oh, come stay here if I didn't think it was absolutely 10 out of 10 because any type of ad that I do, any brand partnership, I don't do those partnerships unless I truly love the brand or use the brand myself. Never. I will not. I was offered, you know, some gambling contracts that were very lucrative. I will not put my name to something like gambling because I'm not a gambler and I think that it ruins lives. So watch out for this ad coming from a gambling company any minute. I hope there isn't one. But anyway, I'm glad because I can give the honest review. When we landed at 3 a.m., we got to the hotel and we sat in the lobby and I thought, oh, this looks nice. It was a bit busy. You know, it was not boutique. There were a lot of people walking around and Fred was in my arms asleep. He had slept in the car journey from the airport to the hotel, but he was really tired and I just wanted to put him in bed and like make this his night sleep. My greatest fear was that he was going to wake up and think it was morning. 3 a.m. I just wanted to get him to bed and we were waiting, waiting, waiting in the lobby. My husband's checking in, waiting, 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 waiting. And then my husband comes back from checking in and he says, oh, they're sending a buggy to take us to our room. I was like, a buggy? How far away is our room? It was a little villa. I said, can we walk there? And the man who worked there said, no, 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 no. We're sending you a buggy. It'll be here any minute. Any minute? Uh, if 15 is one of any minutes, it took about 15 minutes for the buggy. Fred's still sleeping in my arms. And you've seen him. I mean, he's like a Christmas ham. Fred is a huge kid. He is currently 23 pounds in my tired arms. So... We load up into this buggy outside the hotel. And I'm like, okay, just take us to the room. Fine. We're almost there. It's 3.30 now. And the man at 3.30 in the morning chooses, or maybe it's just protocol and he didn't have a choice. Either way, took us on a whole tour of the resort in the pitch fucking dark at 3.30 a.m. He's like, and here is the activity pool. Drive around. Here is the mini mart. It's open 24 hours a day. Drive around. Here is where you can rent a cabana. Here's this bar. Let me show you every restaurant. Let me show you this. Let me show you that. Let me show you the water sports area. I was like, dude, number one, I am in the back of this golf cart with two children who need to get to bed. And number two, I can't fucking see what you think you're pointing out to me. It took so long for him to drive around. And that was very nice. I understand that they like to give you the welcome when you come. They like to drive you around the resort in a buggy and show you where everything is so that you have your bearings for the next day. But make a judgment call. 3.30 a.m. You see a woman holding an infant who's asleep. Just take her to her fucking room. And could we walk there from the lobby? Yes, of course we could. The lobby was like two seconds away from our cabana. We walked to the lobby for breakfast every morning after that. The cart was useless. It was a ruse just to advertise different bits of the resort. Oh, here's the adults only pool. Here's the spa. I was like, no, thanks. I couldn't believe what was happening. But actually, it was funny. We laughed and laughed about how stupid it was. Good points about the hotel. I loved the cabana room. It was so stunning. It was really, really nice. It was not the Four Seasons, but it was really nice. They had the sofa bed all pulled out for Violet. Lovely. It did not have a private pool. That's fine. You know, that's fine. You guys know me. I'm a man of the people. I'm trying to cut back. The next day, we go down to the swimming pool and a woman nearly drowns. This was a highlight for the entire family. I had forgotten that there are adults who can't swim. Of course there would be, because some people come from places where 
They don't have access to water or pools or some people's parents don't teach them how to swim. I'm actually flabbergasted by the number of Brits who can't swim. Like you guys live on an island and you guys can't skate or swim for the most part. But they had some lifeguards who were probably the most competent staff members at the entire resort. I found that the drink service was slow, I will admit. But in a country like Dubai, maybe they don't want to overserve you. So they like purposely make the drink service slow. I don't know. But the lifeguard service was on point. First, Violet saw a really scary hornet in our little area of the pool. And Violet doesn't mess around when it comes to poisonous wildlife. She didn't know what that was. She flagged down the lifeguard. She's like, hello, excuse me. Can you please identify this bug? Is it dangerous or not? And he comes around and he's like, no, no, not dangerous. I looked it up. I think it's like an Asian wasp, semi-dangerous. But fine. He goes back to his post. He is the lead lifeguard, by the way. You can see that they have a formation kind of like I suppose sports people would have where someone's like the quarterback. He was the quarterback. He had his eyes on the pool. He wasn't one of these lifeguards. You know, I was a lifeguard in Canada and I sat up on that chair with my little whistle and my cute suit and I did fuck all. I would glance at the pool now and then, but ultimately you trust parents to look at their children, you know, swim with their children. And there are so many rules and so many eyes on the pool anyway. Um, these guys were not lazy in their jobs. They were stood to attention, eyes on the water 24-7. And then we hear a long whistle from the quarterback, just like, dude. And he'd been tooting people before, just like, beep, beep, get your drink out of the pool. Beep, beep, you're going too close to the deep end. Beep, beep, quit splashing her. Beep, beep, you know, like these little little warning whistles but this was a long whistle so everyone looked at him and he pointed to one of the other lifeguards who by the way was further away from this woman than he was but he's not diving in the water he's the quarterback he's the coach he's calling the shots whatever he points at the other lifeguard and he long whistles again and then he points at what he sees is a woman who can't swim and she had kind of not realized, I guess, that there's a descending floor that takes the shallow end to a deep end quite quickly. And this woman could not swim. And I will tell you what I learned in lifeguarding school, which is absolutely true, is that drowning is silent. You don't hear someone splashing or screaming really because they're underwater. You don't hear anything at all. You have to be eyes on the pool like this legend. And so the other lifeguard dives in and he has his little Baywatch thing the flotation life-saving device he dives in he breaststrokes over to this woman violet recounts the story like he butterflied he did not butterfly over to the woman you're not going to do like a stylish stroke to save someone's life he didn't he like chopping in the water front crawl ba 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 he gets to her he pushes the flotation device out so she can grab it and as soon as she grabs it and she's safe she wasn't far from the shallow end but she didn't know that see so panic and there were kids around her i thought maybe a child had gone off the shallow end but it was a woman and there were children around her but the other thing they teach you in lifeguarding school is that when you approach someone to save them they might try to drown you inadvertently they'll just panic and grab whatever they can and take you down with them so I mean it was amazing this guy got her to the shallow end and then you could hear her screaming she was like whoa whoa she was quite scared understandably no one taught her to swim she was quite embarrassed after that I think and she sat on the edge of the pool with her husband and two small children let's take a lesson from this holiday and teach them to swim and she had to fill out all this paperwork they kept bringing her clipboards of paperwork that she had to sign and fill out. I didn't know there was so much admin for having someone save your life. She was all right, though. She was only 
struggling for like seconds before the guy got her. And then he got out of the water and he was so proud. He was really puffed up like, yeah. And that must be such a great feeling to be a lifeguard and to actually make a difference, save someone's life. And the lead lifeguard was like, yeah, that's right. He got back on his chair. He was like, uh-huh. I am surveying this pool like a mofo. No one is going to drown on my watch. And it was amazing. We absolutely loved it. It was super exciting for me. Then, in worse news, well, not worse than a woman nearly drowning. I mean, I think that's a happy story because she's fine. And it maybe gave her a little shot in the arm to teach her children to swim. So I think it was good. Fred has a little bit of eczema on his cheeks. His cheeks are red. I think a lot of that is exacerbated by teething. He's six and a half months. He's going to get a tooth any day. He's teething quite heavily, drooling a lot, and his cheeks are a little bit red. I spoke to his doctor. I got some cream for him. Oh, I used to say, I think on Instagram, I was using this um, really natural product called Skin Salvation, and everyone says it's great. Everyone's always oh my gosh, this is what helped on the baby chat chat groups and stuff. Everyone says it's great for eczema. It wasn't great for Fred's eczema. It was not the best thing. Maybe it's a good cream, but it didn't agree with him. Double base, double base. It's a pink bottle. It looks like a science experiment inside. It's just this real fluffy white cream and you can get it from any drugstore in the UK. Double base is the answer. It has helped a lot with the eczema, but one side of his face just, it wasn't improving. And I texted the doctor a photo of it because, you know, I have a private doctor. I texted him a photo. That's how that goes. And he said, oh, you know what? There might be a little yeast there, a little moisture. So if you can get some canistin from a pharmacist, that should clear the end of that up. And I thought, canistin? I've seen the adverts. You've seen the adverts. That is for yeast infections. That is like a feminine product. I am proud to say, not that it matters, I have never had a yeast infection. In my life, is this because I don't eat bread? Who knows? I don't eat yogurt? I don't know. Maybe I'm just very low yeast. I've never had a yeast infection. But I know what canistin cream is. It is a feminine hygiene product. I go to the pharmacist in the Dubai hotel with my baby in tow. And I said to him, hi, I was texting with my doctor earlier today. And he said the baby needs canistin for his face. And this guy looked at me like... What is this white bitch doing in my pharmacy trying to like pass off her yeast infection on the baby? Like, no, he said to me, you don't put canistin on a baby's face. No, you should use like bepanthin or you should use. And I said, no, I know. I know like traditionally canistin is for the vag. I get that. But my doctor said that sometimes when eczema gets like moist and, you know, there could be yeast there to use canistin. It's like a special trick. It might work. And the pharmacist just kept saying, no, 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 it's a feminine. I said, yeah, I know that. And you don't know a lot about me, but trust me, if I had a feminine issue, I would have no embarrassment in telling you about it. I am not trying to like use my baby as a smokescreen for my yeast infection. I don't have a yeast infection. I just need to clear up his eczema. And the guy was like, okay. He was very respectful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I have taken to my bed. I'm not well. I have not recovered quickly enough from this norovirus. I feel like I'm depleted of nutrients. You know that I'm a very body positive, fat positive person. I'm, I'm woke. I'm with the movements. But I have lost 10 pounds. So silver linings always. What's 10 pounds in stone? Like four pounds short of a stone. It's like more than half a stone. It'll be back though. As soon as I have a fucking glass of water, it'll be back. I cannot complete this podcast on my own, so I have uh, enlisted the help of my favorite guest and yours. Welcome, Violet Ryan, to the podcast. Hey! Violet, I was talking about our trip to Dubai, and I'm glad that you're here for the last Mm -hmm. stories, because we have very different views. Um, Young people call their mothers Karen. Karen, Violet, if you didn't know, is just another branch of silencing and diminishing women, middle-aged women specifically in this case. There used to be jokes about women, and the women didn't like that. And then there were jokes about blonde women, and the blonde women didn't like that. And now there's just this series of jokes about middle-aged blonde women with Claire Balding's haircut who complained to the manager. Online... A Karen might be kicking off in a Walmart, refusing to wear a mask. She's filmed doing that. That goes viral. That's a Karen. A Karen might be someone who's calling the police on a black child's lemonade stand. Horrible woman. That clip goes viral. She's a Karen. But now I ask Violet to empty the dishwasher. I'm a Karen. I wear jeans. Violet doesn't like. I'm a Karen. Why are moms always Karen? I don't know. Well, kids use it as like a rebellion to when people like their parents or their guardians or older women, women older than them, do something like they don't like. I've heard people my age call like 18-year-olds Karens. What's a boy Karen? A boy Karen, we don't... Exactly. Well, we, I can't say, because people in my school, we name it after our teachers, but we can't really say that. Oh. Well, Violet called me a Karen a few times on the trip. Once was at the local Starbucks within the resort. So the the resort didn't have its own Starbucks, but they had a Starbucks machine, kind of like Jimmy Carr does in his house, just casual. And they advertised that they could make frappuccinos and all sorts of things. Anytime you go abroad, you can't get a decent coffee. You get teeny espressos. Even the UK, you guys are guilty of this. You get like teeny coffee that tastes like fire. In America and Canada, you ask for a double-double from Tim Hortons. I don't drink double-double, by the way, but I mean, you know, it's a long filter coffee that is what i want i like coffee from a cafetiere a french press i don't like these little shots of lava that you heap milk into it's not my scene so i had coffee first of all oh oh this is the thing i hated most about the hotel and i liked a lot of things about the hotel but the real egregious infraction was 
Yes, they had coffee pods in the room, which are disgusting, but they also had one of those fridges that weighs all the mini bar items so that if you touch them or move them in any way, there's an automated system that adds the charge of that item to your room. So that's a hotel communicating to me. We don't trust you, you greedy bastard. We think you're going to gobble up a bunch of Twix in the night. And then you won't want to pay the inflated hotel price. So you're going to go to the shop and replace those Twix and put them back in the fridge the next day so that we won't notice. That's how cheap you are. We are putting a scale in the fridge. You touch anything in this fridge, it's going on your bill. That is a sickening. That's not how you treat a guest. I, I abhor that policy in a hotel. But anyway, the little Starbucks coffee stand made iced coffees. So I thought, great, I'm going to get a long black iced coffee, you know, not a little shot of espresso, loads of ice, and then I'll get a splash of oat milk in it. As you may know, I do not drink from a cow. Why? Because I'm not a baby cow. In addition to that, I know that dairy is procured from female cows, the only kind, being forcibly impregnated, their babies being taken away, and so they lactate, and then we get the milk from them. So I order this coffee, and I said, can I please have oat milk or almond milk? And the guy's looking at me like, what? I said, any milk that isn't milk. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we have almond milk. I said, we don't drink cow's milk. He said, fine. I watch him making the drink for Violet and me, pouring milk in it. I see this happening before my eyes. I go over and I say, oh, excuse me, there's milk in that. He takes one out of his hand, the milk. He's completed one drink. He's halfway through the next. He swaps that milk for almond milk and tops it up with almond milk. And he goes, no, no, here, it's almond milk. I was like, uh, no. I understand the rules of the UAE. I'm not going to argue with a man. But I knew that there was milk in both drinks. And I said, no, I'm sorry, we can't drink milk. We'll get sick, which isn't true. But some people will get sick if they drink milk. So the point was a valid one. I just, he was lying to my face. I saw cow's milk being poured in both drinks. And then Violet is horrified. She's like, mom, stop. You're being such a Karen. What are you doing? Well, just drink the milk, mom. Well, God. I, wasn't, I wasn't like, obviously, when she was going, when she was like talking to the person, I would have been like, no, mom, no. Why are you being such a Karen? Because you kind of. So and, yeah. to avoid being called a Karen, I'm supposed to drink from a cow? No, I mean, you could have like adopted a different approach. What different approach? I was polite. I paid for the drinks that I didn't drink. Please write me an email telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Are you on Violet's side or mine? I was impeccably polite. I paid and tipped for the drinks after I saw him put wow. cow's milk in them and wouldn't. The bit that mortified me was I went to go get ice cream, right? And it was the same guy at the ice cream stand. He's moved stands now. He's at the <laughs> ice cream stand. He's like, room... You're, like, he recognized our room when I added it to the room number. Oh, you need to come get your Starbucks coffees. And I was like, mm. he was like, get your Starbucks coffees, come. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll tell my mom. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that later. We never did. No, because then he's like, well, I'll remake them. I'll remake them. Yeah, yeah, actually, there is milk in it. He, like, recanted his lie. And I said, no, don't, don't worry about it, because now I don't want coffee from that man. The man who boldly lied to my face and tried to get me to drink milk. I'm telling you, one drink was heap full of milk and the other drink was half milk, half almond milk. I watched him do it and I tipped him and I paid him and then I walked away. 
Another uh, I'm situation. Sorry, I was just mortified. Mortified? Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, can I explain the? You're so British. <laughs> I was also called to Karen at dinner because I do not like all-inclusive resorts. I don't want a half board, full board. I don't want any deal, meal plan, nothing like that. I want to eat as much or as little of whatever I want. I might order one starter. I might order two starters, three starters. I might not have lunch. I might want a margarita. I don't care. I'm not motivated because I'm in a very privileged position. I'm not motivated by sales deals. Bobby loves the deal. So we're ordering dinner and the guy goes, oh, you're on a half board plan. So you can get something from this side of the menu. And I said, no, 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 no. Don't bother telling us about that. Thank you so much. I'll just order whatever I want. Uh, don't lie to your podcast. That's what I said. No, you went. No, 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 no. I do not care. I know. Don't tell me about this because I honestly don't care. Can I just order whatever I want, please? Uh, n- there's no way. No, 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 no. I didn't say it in that. I, I never would have lied, lied, like yelled like that. Fine. Let me try that again. No, I do not care. Can I just order whatever I want, please? No, I do not want this half board. Can I just order whatever I want, please? Well, that's a huge difference. Yeah, well, you definitely, you said those words, maybe in not that tone. I might have cut him off and said, oh, no, I don't care. I don't want to hear about that. No. But I always speak to people nicely. I never use, I never raise okay, my well, voice. Okay, well, ask BK and Fred. Did I raise my voice? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't. This is crazy. Okay, well, you're being a massive Quran. You, yeah, but you thought I was a Karen because I wouldn't drink milk. Violet, I was a waitress. I would never in my life. I paid for the milk drinks. Never would have been rude to this waiter. I just didn't want him to go into the big spiel about okay. the half board. I didn't want it. I'm sorry. Well, he that poor guy was trying to save your money. No, but I just wanted to order something like... You cut him off. A la carte. Just, I did cut him off. Just let him speak and then go, oh, okay. We might go off the half board menu if that's all right. Thank you. I know. I should have let him speak, but I'm so like agitated by a half board menu. You seemed so offended. You were like, oh. That's what it was. I was slightly offended and I shouldn't have been, but I definitely (laughs) didn't raise my voice. I would never, ever, ever be rude to wait staff. If you work in the service industry and you've had any interactions with me, you know I have been crazy nice and tipped you probably 40%. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to criticize and complain, but it's rare to give compliments when you go somewhere. So, I mean... I thought there were really good things about the hotel as well. I enjoyed my time there. Did you have a nice trip by that? I actually loved it. It was so nice. What'd you love about it? I loved um, the Chinese restaurant. The Chinese restaurant was yeah. so lovely. Oh my God. I loved Moana. It was, there was a really nice restaurant called Moana and it was like a really nice sushi place. And me and mom had like the nicest sushi dinner there. Off menu. <laughs> I loved uh, like morning walks with Fred. Yeah. Um, I loved the ice cream stand. I loved the, well, I have a bad fear of crabs, but the beach was enjoyable. Oh, by the way, I love that Milkman works at the Starbucks and the ice cream <laughs> shop. And I told him we can't have milk. And then he spots you at the ice cream station. That's probably what pissed him off. He's like, I know. Hey, go get your Starbucks drink. Your mom is a liar. <laughs> but maybe you were getting sorbet. I know. I wasn't. There's no sorbet. Oh, anyway. The jig is up. I know. I loved that there was this on water. Like course, I don't know. Oh, how yeah. it was like an inflatable thing. I did it with my friend. It was great. That so was fun. fun. So, so overall, fun. we had a good trip. Yeah, we had a really good trip. Unfortunately, I'm quite sick now. Violet got over it mm. so much faster than I did. I really hate this virus. Mm-hmm. Do not recommend. Do not recommend being sick on bloody Christmas Day and yeah. Christmas Eve. Well, yeah. I was like, I 
my it started at exactly 11:56 on Christmas Eve. I mean, we genuinely just did presents with the kids now. The height of drama came at the end of the trip. We are in a vehicle procured by the hotel. I mean, probably paid for by us, but it's a hotel car, I think. And it was like one of those vans where they have three seats facing forward in the back and three seats facing backward, you know, so everyone's facing each other, just like in a London black taxi kind of deal. Mm -hmm. We leave for the airport at stupid o'clock, 6.30. Fred is asleep in his car seat next to Violet and me. We are facing forward with traffic. Bobby had his back to the traffic. He mm-hmm. was facing backwards. Because so I am he, prone to car sickness. Right. So he couldn't see what was in front of him. We start driving. It's about 30 minutes to the airport. It's like dawn. You know, there's not a lot going on yeah. in Dubai. The driver is taking us there as the sun starts to come up. And we're on a busy six-lane motorway and towards the end of the trip. Fred is awake at this point. No, he, Fred was not awake yet. He was. Violet, I remember Fred woke up when you yelled. Oh, yes, he did. So let sorry, me get there because sorry. that is burned into my memory. Very sorry, like, everyone. Very quiet. Sorry. But listen, Violet had to yell because here's what went down. This, by the way, was very irresponsible of the hotel because previously we had checked out. Bobby went to the desk, settled the bill. Surely they have our credit card on file for any mischarges, whatever. I don't really know the policy of the hotel, but I mean, like they definitely have a copy of your passport and your credit card. We're going down the six lane motorway at top speeds and the driver gets a phone call. Not me, not Bobby. The driver gets a phone call. He just stops in the middle of the motorway. So he's on the right part. There's no shoulder. He's just there. And it's um, kind of an overpass. So there were lanes going under us and all around. It was not at all like a British motorway. He's on the phone and he's like, oh, sorry, uh, there's a problem. The hotel says there's like a 20 pound charge for this inflatable sea castle that Violet and her friend went on. And Bobby's like, what? Tell them to charge it to my card. And he's like, no, no, no. They need to uh, just deal with this. I'm like, what do you want to turn around and go pay 20 pounds? Like, charge it to our fucking card. What's going on? How irresponsible is it to stop in the middle of this busy motorway? Because mm-hmm. now we're approaching rush hour. It's nearly 7 a.m. So Bobby is past the phone. He's dealing with this. And the guys just stopped in the motorway. Violet and I are facing forward. And what do we see? We see three masked men jump over this little railing by the side of the motorway, walk directly up to the car, and we're like all like, what, 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 what? And then we're like, drive, 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 because Fred is sleeping. And then I just go, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> and then he drives. Yeah. But that is highly illegal in that it country. It looked very menacing. So I know everyone's in masks now because of the pandemic. No, 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 no. It was like a full face robbery mask. Right. They had balaclavas on and it's the desert. You know, it's hot. And they came leaping over the like boundary of the motorway out of absolutely nowhere they'd come from like below and leapt over and it absolutely seemed like a sting like a heist and i know that we're not in a high crime country but it just looked dodgy like this driver stops in the middle of the motorway for 20 pounds like gets some phantom call from the hotel and all of a sudden like three very dodgy looking men 
jump over the motorway and start walking mm-hmm. towards us. So Bobby can't see what's going on. And I was like, um, drive, 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 drive. And Violet did the right thing. And what did I say? You're not really, well, you're not at all supposed I'm to talk all, to men I'm like not, that in I'm Dubai. not even supposed to talk to men because I'm not their wife. But uh, I don't personally, know I'm not your wife, but I don't want to get killed either. So Violet, so, yeah, Violet's always the one yeah. who's like, and, drive. And you want to talk about raising voices. I did not raise my voice at the restaurant. Violet raised her voice in that car so much. No, I didn't so raise much. my voice. I screamed. Yeah, she screamed, drive. And good for her because even without those three, like, robbers, which they weren't, by the way. I don't know what they Well, they had, they had, like, they look, I didn't, like, look at their bags, but they had, like, it looked like, I don't think they have Tesco or Asda. It looked like a grocery shopping bag. They had two grocery shopping bags in their hands. They looked really dodgy. It, it just looked, looked like it really looked a like a setup. A black hat on, it was dodgy. It was bad. It looked like it was and about to get bad. my heart was beating. And I'm sorry, I have my baby brother in the car, my mom, BK. I'm not going to start being like, oh, can you drive? Drive! Like, no, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. yell at you. I'm going to yell at you. If you're... Like, if it looks like you're risking my life, I'm going to yell at you. Because you know what I thought? I thought he was on the phone to them. Me too. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're here, they're here, they're here. Because we are well known. Maybe not in Dubai, but we're well known across the world. At least she is. And BK. I don't think so. They are well known. We are well known. We might be well known in Dubai. A few people came up to her in Dubai were like, hey, can I picture her? But... It seemed like an absolute sting, Violet, and you did the right thing. And Bobby couldn't see because he had his back to all of this. So he's like, Violet. And then Fred woke up, of course, like startled because Violet was yelling. But the driver drove and he should have kept driving the whole time. Like, thanks a lot, hotel. Genuinely, that was one of the most irresponsible moves I've ever seen for 20 pounds. And scariest. And scariest. And I guess those guys were just, I don't know what they were doing, headed to work, jumping around motorways. I don't know. It, it, they didn't they weren't us. heading to work. Something sketchy was going on. And I think wrong place, wrong time. But, oh, jeez, that, like, jumped me out of my skin. Like, my heart was going, my, my heart was beating. And when I get scared, I scream. Yeah. Like, like I do scream. It like, was bad, but that is the behavior that I expect from a hotel that puts a fucking automated scale in the minibar fridge. Mm-hmm. So, my overall experience, I'd give it a solid 7 out of 10. Would I go again? Maybe. I might try somewhere else, but I liked it. It's good family fun on a budget, sort of. And I loved it. I love the holiday. I'm sad that I'm sick, but I'm glad that the family got some time to relax. I hope that all of you got time to relax, either alone, maybe you're isolating since apparently 200% of the UK is down with the cron. But um, I hope that wherever you are, you are happy and you are fed and you are loved and you are safe. Thank you for listening. We wish you a very happy new year and we will be back next week on time with a brand new episode of Telling Everybody Everything. And I can't wait to get into the emails because we have a two-week backlog. Everything at gmail.com is the address. Write me a letter. Write by a little letter. Hey, maybe write Bobby K a letter. Do whatever makes you happy and we'll see you soon. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 